Parental discretion is advised. What's up, guys? This week on the Wrestling Mayhem Show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Brandon Stroud. He joins us to talk about making movies. We talk about Monday Night Raw, Fandango, Triple H, and a lot of indie wrestling. Stick around. Hey guys, it's the Wrestling Mayhem Show 369. I'm Sorgatron here in the Mayhem Studios in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, ready to talk wrestling as we do week in and week out, ready to go. Uh, with me, as usual, is uh, Papa Lunchbox from the Deep Cold Undergrounds. Um, it's not cold. I have plenty of heat. I have my mole men corpses to keep me warm. Okay. I'll have you know, and I'm glad to be back. I survived the octopus attack. Oh. Um, if you remember last week, there was uh, there was an octopus attack on the underground underwater Sophie Maslov Three Rivers Memorial underground underwater layer, um, but we survived and we persevere. Okay, remind me to update That's your all. bio in the document. <laughs> also come on coming at us uh from uh, uh corpus christi texas yes. i remembered switching uh, venues is the wrestle fan the wrestle fan i am here in the studio not in the studio what am i saying i i'm drunk ladies and gentlemen it's podcast night and, and stuff's going crazy stuff's going fun but i'm ready to talk about professional wrestling like we do every tuesday night Excellent. And do you want to introduce our guest for this evening? Yes, because we have a very, very special guest this week on the Wrestling Mayhem Show. Joining us to uh, join in the discussion and talk about a movie that he, uh, is upcoming with a, uh, a former WWE superstar. He is the managing editor over at withleather.uprocks.com, where he writes such funny articles as the best and worst of Monday Night Raw, as well as uh, This Week in Horrible Looking People. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Brandon Stroud. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm really happy to be wearing a Cleveland Indians hat since I'm inside the studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, also, thank you for uh, throwing some love at this week and horrible looking people. I think you're the first podcast person to have ever mentioned it. Uh, it's so, a, so it's an amazing, around. amazing piece. I, I learn so much from it every time. Thank you. I learned that Travis. I learned that Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I learned last week that uh, Travis of Techno Team 2000 looks like Harlem Bravado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's Harlem Bravado's, like, grandma's boyfriend. I wonder. We have to, we'll have to decide that lineage. Wow. Guys, you found, you stumbled on the Wrestling Mayhem show, and it's about to get mayhem in here. Uh, you can find out more uh, articles and episodes and contacts over Good at Wrestling times. Mayhem Show. No, not that yet. Not that yet. WrestlingMayhemShow.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blip TV, Roku, and the YouTubes. And then you can drop a line, too. Good times. There you go. Good times at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Oh, good times. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, also, 412-206-WMS0, a very important number, as we'll see in a little bit. Uh, and then you can also, wow, it's doing that thing again. Drop us a line. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Pick up the WMS Gold, Wrestling Mayhem Show Gold, with links and extras over it on the iOS App Store and the Amazon App Store. Um, and with that, let's uh, do... Uh, you know, start the show the only way we know how with the fan mail. 
I was going to start by singing the Good Times theme song. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Not getting hustled, not getting hustled. That whole thing, it's great. That's phenomenal. Sorry, I would love really. to start the show with some fan mail. Yeah, we're, uh, we're unfortunately, start, right? we don't fucking have any. None? Not a one. Not one goddamn fan mail. What the fuck? What? What can, the fuck? No I can, re- I can read you a fan no mail. No big PPC. <laughs> no fucking anybody. This is fucking bullshit. All the regulars. Bullshit. What you know you- what we need? We need some new blood. We need new fucking people emailing us here on the Wrestling Mayhem Show because apparently the people who email us normally can't fucking get off their asses or stay on their asses and fucking type a three-sentence thing in Spanish or English. Fuck them in their mouths and on their fingertips. Wow, you're getting kind of hateful though. Wow. Brandon Stroud, you said you... some new people. Brandon Stroud, you... Did you did you say you have fan mail you can read? Sure, uh, I can improv some fan mail here. If you okay, like. okay. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to see where this goes. Let me bring up my uh, hotmail account. <laughs> okay, uh, orgy fan at hotmail.com. I'm going to assume it's orgy the band and not an orgy. We can only orgy hope. orgy fan at hotmail.com says, "Dear Wrestling Mayhem Show." When do you think John Cena will turn heel? Also, <laughs> do you think that the Undertaker's streak will end at WrestleMania this year? Love, Orgy fan. And then underneath it, in parentheses, he put the band Orgy. So that clears that up. Huh. So there you go. Hey, thank you. I was thank hoping you, he'd end the email with Have a Blue Monday. Mm. Get the fuck out of here, Sword. Get the fuck out of what? here. What? <laughs> God damn it. Hey, hey, hey. That joke had me in stitches. Oh, oh god damn it. <laughs> Wrestle fans too young to get any of these jokes. Uh-huh. Yep. Hey Wrestle well, fan, uh what do you think about Selena Gomez? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I know everything about Selena Gomez. Um, um Simple answers. Like, uh, One, John Cena turned heel three years ago. We didn't notice. Number two, <laughs> no, the Undertaker streak will not die. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure uh, Orgy you know, fan really appreciates that. There you go, Orgy fan. Um, Number but, three, Orgy fan, you bought back the wrong horse. <laughs> <laughs> we do have voicemails, so uh, let's see how those go. Fucking Nancy. I know I'm a day late and a dollar short right now. Bo Diggy doesn't give a fuck about that. Bo Diggy's behind. I'm listening to things. So, after listening, single remember when are your favorite heel turns or your most heartbreaking heel turns? I'm posing a question to the Mayhem Show panel. What? Oh, God. He poses a question. Okay. Is a heel? Would you like to see as a face, or what heel would you have loved to see as a face? My personal one on this, I would love to have seen Scott Hall as an actual face. I think Ramon was never completely a face. I think Ramon was star face. He was like never completely face. I mean, he had face moments, but he was the dude who lost his, you know, the one, two, three kid. He was a face at the time. That was supposed to be a face squash, if I remember correctly. And he lost, and it was just like, sort of kind of like, you know, what the fuck kind of thing. I want 
I, I wanted, like, I would love Scott Hall to be a real thing. If I could see him being a, just a funny asshole, that would be amazing. Um, but because of all of the, nobody would do it right. Every heel would just be a heel, but just like WWE would want you to cheer for them. That's how they went through it. Let's see you, Mayhem Show panel. And Google Voice, if you cut me off, so I swear to God, I'll cut you. I'll cut you deep, bitch. I'm tired. <laughs> he's uh, he sounds like he's he's uh, not recovering too well from the the the, the child rearing. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> so the question is something you recover from. Uh, he's, I think he's got about eighteen years to recover from that. Um, so uh, heels we want to see faces. Heels we want to be faces. Mark Henry end of story. Mark Henry is a face. <laughs> well, ag- yes. according to Mark you, Henry he kind of is already ever, right. He was the Kool Aid Man. He was terrible. He smiled a lot. He loved the fans. And he did this That's thing true. to make them cheer. Don't you remember that? Come on. <laughs> but no, I think. Uh, but no, like him pulling like two tractor trailers or whatever he did on SmackDown, and everyone loving it. Like you know, that's Mark. That's Mark Henry. That's what he needs to be doing. And you know, anytime he talks, it makes me smile. So <laughs> really, <laughs> it does. Oh yeah, same here. Everybody same here. is singing along to his theme song. So I think that's. I think that's you know a note. That's the first step. Yes. What about you, LB? Um, in that same vein, I would love to see Seamus as a face. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could be. I think he would be really good as a face. He could be like friendly with the kids and not a complete dick all the time. Not sucker punching in a in an arm wrestling. Not match. sucker punching and and doing shitty like bully stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about you, Brian Straub? Yeah, is this current wrestlers or all time? I think it's all time because he was talking Scott Hall. Okay, well, first of all, Scott Hall was a face in the AWA, if you'll remember. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he, he also te- have a sweet mustache? Yeah, when he was teaming with Kurt Hennig. It was, I'm Kurt Hennig, big Scott Hall as tag team champs. We'll take on them all. Don't you remember the Wrestle Rock Rumble? Wow. Come yes. <laughs> Come on. Okay, uh, to answer your question, um, I thought it over in my head, and my first thought would be babyface Rick Rude. Okay. Like, mm. I, I want, like, a really, like, overtly masculine, like, sexual, like, mustachioed, just greasy, misogynistic, but still, like, desperately in love with the ladies' baby face. I want Rick Rude to basically be Lupin from, like, the Lupin animes, but in pro <laughs> wrestling. I want him to be a dude who shows up, and he's a prick. But he's also kind of secretly great at everything. So he just, he's, you have to have him around. Like, Rick Rude showing up and just, like, neck-breakering a dude and then swiveling his hips and ladies actually being encouraged to like him, I think would be killer. Okay. That would be amazing. Wow. The he, can, he can airbrush the faces of Make-A-Wish children on his <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, I guess um, I'd go with, uh, because I don't think he ever had any kind of face moment. I mean, he's pretty much always been the heel, no matter how comedy, like, they might have went with him. Uh, Bobby Heenan. Mm. Like, I know he kind of, like, on the the mic, he had kind of face-ish tendencies with the whole NWO thing, but I don't really count that. Because there was that, it was the big, you know, company versus company kind of thing. Uh, but I, I think that would have been nice to see him just being, you know, Bobby Eaton, you know, face and, and, you know, see where that would go for a little bit. So, 
But you know who would have been a really good face? Who? Uh, Giant Gonzalez. Oh. Because they could have made like a really like a furry, inappropriately furry wrestle buddy out of him, and it would have been like really tall mm. and weird. How about a Papa Shango? Did you not live through Eligante? Because that was the worst. <laughs> so it would probably be. I mean, I don't. I didn't see the Elegante, uh, but oh, but it, it was pretty much like Great Kali right now, right? Uh, yeah. Much. Imagine if Great Kali was like half as mobile and knew about half as much English and oh, no. didn't understand how the basics of pro wrestling work. Like, you know how Kali kind of he's not great at. at you know, the kind of wrestling we all like, but Kali at least can get in the ring and know what he's supposed to be doing. Like, he knows, okay, now I have to lose hand, branch off the guy, and now yeah. I fall down and I lose. Like, Eligante was a dude who seriously had to lean against the turnbuckle because he was going to fall over, and he just destroyed everyone for no reason and had no idea how to wrestle. Eligante was the goddamn worst thing of all time. Wasn't he involved in a stretcher match where he pinned someone that wasn't involved in the match? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That involved the one-man gang and Sid Vicious. That's amazing. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Uh, Oh, no. Looks like all of us. He was also in a war games, and he couldn't fit into a cage, really. (laughs) Well, because they had the cage so low at that point. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks like all our fan mailers uh, dropped voicemails because we have yet another one. Uh, oh, so let's see what's going on there. If I can find the button. There we go. Hip crew! Matt Carlin's your real buddy in the mainstream media. All right. Calling you from the car. Doing it bodegity style. As everybody does. <laughs> I just uh, had a... Uh, singular thought on Fandango I wanted to share with you. Um, I miss the old girl. I liked her better. The other dancer. dancer. I get the uh, Summer Rae thing. I know she was in NXT. She's pretty. Whatever. She can (laughs) do things that apparently non-wrestling trained girls cannot do, but I like the old girl better. You know, there's, um, there's only one thing better when you're a heel than, uh, having Paul Heyman in your corner, and that's having a girl that no one thinks you deserve in your corner. Uh, i got to be honest, I'm still a little, uh, maybe a smidgen Miss Elizabeth with her. And uh, well, now it's all gone. I guess we're going to get this summer ray instead, but I miss the old girl. I probably said it about half a dozen times already. I'll say it again. I miss the old girl. So just wonder what you think about that. And I'll hang up and listen. Bye. All right, Brandon Stroud, you said you have some opinions on this one. Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay, on my corner of the Internet, uh, the Fandango original dancer is the most beloved, popular person on television. Really? Um, we have several names for her. Uh, Fandango is one. Uh, Andango is one. Uh, Jandango. Uh, and we also have, uh, we just call her Lady. Because she's very, she's beautiful, and she's great at her job, and she did that thing once where she turned and winked, and it was just magical, and our hearts exploded. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Uh, I like the idea of, of well, actually, also, uh, to the person about that voicemail, he totally said the name wrong. It's Fandango. I've been practicing just in case I haven't say his name. 
but no, like she's amazing and wonderful. And I like the idea of, of, of Johnny Curtis, Dirty Curdy, having like a, a variety of dance partners. I, I like that if he needs to do something shitty to someone, he would bring out Summer Rae because he knows that she's like a student or whatever. She's in NXT, so he can just kind of boss her around and get her to do shit. But when he just wants to like show off his cool dance moves or like a cool thing, he brings out the girl who can actually do the splits. So, yeah, I love original Fandango, and I think that... If she doesn't stick around, it's going to be the saddest thing. Uh, I hope that she knows how much she's loved. She's like the pro wrestling version of Boxy, where we don't really know, and <laughs> we just hope she's okay. Like, that's, that's it. Wow, wow. That's LB, do you have an opinion on the Fandang gals? I, I have to say that the names that you came up with her for her are some of the best things I've ever heard. Fandango. <laughs> and, uh, what did you Fandango. say? Fandango. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, Lady? Yeah, Lady is a good one. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think it's if, good. If, if, uh, if, they can, if they can name a ballet a woman. Shit. Yeah, I also like the idea of like a lady with. in the tramp situation where he's the tramp and she's the lady. I think that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and then when oh David eats spaghetti and it would be the best segment in the history of Raw. <laughs> I, I, do, I do have to give Summer Rae credit because she did at least let us out the splits last night. She's she's learned at least that aspect of yeah, it. Summer Rae is garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love all the things from NXT, so I'm impartial. Yeah, but NXT is just just full of women who should be on television. And Summer Rae gets the call up, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, not like Paige or something, right? Yeah, Paige um, should be the dancing girl. That would be great. <laughs> no, Emma, Emma. It has to be Dude, Emma. Why is there not Emma? Okay, hold on. Fandangirl is a college student, uh, which is why she has a limited uh, uh, schedule. Oh, wow. Is so, that true? They, they actually okay. got a dance student, didn't they? Someone said that on the internet, so it's got to be true. <laughs> I mean, it was obvious when they brought Summer Ray out. They wouldn't say her name for the first couple of weeks. Who is this? Who is on our other programming? Uh, and she looks so uncomfortable with those first splits. So uncomfortable. So, all right. We have one more, guys. Oh, oh my can God. I do it? Let's do it. <laughs> what is it? Hold on. Here you go. Here you go, everybody. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> This is John three sixteen four five. I'm uh riding in the truck. I'm in the, I'm on the highway between Memphis and Little Rock. Um, and I was just thinking about wrestling. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Let's I think he's figured out the theme. Um, yes. all right. Please let this go. <laughs> Just so, I have a headache. Oh. Anyways, I didn't watch much of Raw, mostly because I was watching Dolph Ziggler put on a goddamn comedy clinic. Seriously, just let the guys who are on fucking Twitter be the people that are on Twitter on the TV show. It'll be way better. Uh, can we let Biggie Langston, instead of being big, hulking Biggie Langston, be funny as fuck Biggie Langston? Can we just let that happen? Can we let, like, him and AJ actually have this, like, weird-ass mom-son relationship that they have on Twitter that they don't have on, 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 on the show? Can we let AJ and Caitlin and, uh, Biggie Langston just talk 
during the show because their tweets to each other are just hilarious. Uh, if you're not following Biggie Langston, I hate you as a person. You need to do that. If you're not following uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, who apparently decided I'm just going to last week this show. It was just fantastic. Like him referencing uh, Kofi coming out saying, and Kofi, I wonder who his opponent's going to be. It could be me, or it might not be me. It's not, but what if it is? Best hashtag best of a thousand series. It was fantastic. WWE, shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of the way, and let the talent be talented instead of you trying to write them in this stupid scenario. Uh, that's it, because that's all I watched from Raw. This has been Paul fucking Diggity. You're fucking welcome. And, uh, actually, I'm sorry, this is Paul F. Diggity, the F. Is for Frankfurter. Yes, I'm talking about waiters. There you go. I think he forgets that he has sent one in already. Um, so, yeah, we had a good discussion about that in the Hangout last night. Um, Biggie Langston, Caitlin, uh, who else? AJ. Uh, just Ziggler as well. All night last night. Uh, just, just using just having fun on twitter just going back and reading through their timelines is the most entertaining thing i think we did all night um so mm-hmm. so uh these people obviously have personalities we saw like the you know caitlin bateman and and you know uh johnny curtis thing in nxt that entertained at least two of us here um you know, uh, you know what do you guys think about it? should they let these guys loose a little bit uh more than they're doing instead of like having Big E being the the silent whatever he is uh wrestle fan I, I think so i mean you know I've, and that's the assumption that everyone says when you know they first saw Big E was oh this dude has no personality he's just bland he looks like ahmed johnson but no the dude's freaking hilarious and i, I think they're giving people like say like aj and caitlin a bit more realm to sort of do that stuff and even ziggler to a degree yeah um but i i, I hope so i mean you know because people have their own material they can be you know spontaneous it's just you know, they. I think they should allow that. They should nurture that, as opposed to Randy Orton asking for what his line is. Like, you know, you can come up with stuff. <laughs> That's when things have gotten a little too stringent. When when those situations happen, right? He'll go to the cue cards if he has to. Exactly. What do you, What do you think, Brent Uh <laughs> I think that I think that the homogenized environment that WWE is right now sort of prohibits anyone from doing anything fun or talented mm-hmm. because the the core of talent comes from being able to make an impression. And if you make an impression, you run the risk of offending or causing, like, passionate opinions. And in the WWE's uh, point of view, passionate opinions make you someone they don't want to listen to. They feel like you're only interested in being a nerd who doesn't get it and you want to live in your parents' basement and so on and so forth. Even if your passionate opinions are constructed, if you say, you know, hey, you know, Langston's funny, like, let's let the guys bring a little bit of themselves to the characters. Those guys are like, we run the company, we know what's best. Which is why the company's been run by, like, three people for the last 15 years. Uh, forever, probably, I guess. Uh, but no, I think that, I think it would be wonderful if we could just let the young people of the WWE be young people, because you don't see any believable young people in pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, ever, ever. But, you know... Like, having talked to, to wrestlers in real life, like, if you talk to, to Caitlin or you talk to AJ, like, they're they're fantastic people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're funny, and they're, there's a reason why they're on TV. Like, there's a reason why they've succeeded at their job where other people haven't. It's because they have something sort of special. 
and they can they can exceed. And whether they're the best in wrestling or not, they have like a, a spark that allows them to be on a globally traded pro wrestling company's payroll. And I, I think it would be wonderful if we could just sit everyone in the WWE down and say, okay, you guys are the best wrestlers in the world from our point of view. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to say? Like, like, do you want to be funny? Do you want to be real? Do you want to be Davey Richards and just stomp people in the face? Do you want, what do you want to do? And then find a spot for all of them and make sure everyone's on every show. And if you don't want to have that happen, you just let them not be on your show. It's, it's very simple. And I'm not sure why we can't, have a little bit of humanity in our big butt. And there's definitely, um, and, and I definitely see, uh, you know, again, like, you know, talking to wrestlers that have at least, like, had the tryouts or been there and out or something, like, it seems like uh, a lot of them have that, like, air of, you know, I, you know, I don't think we're into the same wrestling when we go up there. You know, and you see that with Daniel Bryan, too. Like, he realizes, like, this is not, you don't come up here to be a wrestler. You know, you come up here to be a character. I wish it could be a little bit more serious. I think he said in some recent interviews. Um, so, yeah, and, 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 and you know, they're, they're a machine up there, you know. They're like, we do the things that are going to make money, and that appeal to everybody. That's why we have a kid's show. That's why we have this. They make a lot of money. And they, and they make a lot of money, and they're doing good with it. So why change, you know? Uh, you know. Hopefully, you know, we could, you know, like we see with NXT, we see little things happen there that we get, right? That they're on that little platform, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where the, we see, like, Biggie was awesome down there, right? He's being awesome on Twitter, you know. That's the kind of stuff that creeps up, you know. Uh, you know, I hate, hate, hate to keep going back to it, but look at Zack Ryder. He was doing the things that was all the jokes that we get, you know, and, and he got a following and it got him somewhere. He's still employed, whether you like where he's at or not, whether he likes where he's at or not, he's still employed, and he probably wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, what do you think, LB? Uh, I think um, <clears throat> in the past, some of the best characters that WWE has had is when they let people just be themselves. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, after a while, um, instead of playing a character, he became more and more of himself. John Cena, um, still wildly popular, I'm, you know, generally from what we know, he just kind of goes out there and is himself. Mm -hmm. So I think they should encourage that. Um, I mean, is there going to be failures? Sure. But there might be less failures than the, the dreck that they write for people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's the uh, fan interaction portion of the show. Of course, we got the chat room running all night here at live.sorgatronmedia.com. You can join us. We start roundabout of technical issues. Stop, start smoothing over here about 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, in the meantime, let's go see uh, what's the latest from the DVD store. And we'll be right back. We'll talk a little bit about a movie here in the Mayhem Show. Hey guys, we're back, Wrestling Mayhem Show. We're here with our guest tonight, Mr. Brandon Stroud of WithLeather.com. He's also putting out a movie. He's working on it, a long-time project. Meet Me There. You can check out more at MeetMeThereMovie.com. Now, now, you know, not only are you, uh, you know, into the whole uh, wrestling community and everything, uh, but there, there, there is, there is a wrestling angle to this movie, right? Can you tell us a little bit about it? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, it's an unintentional wrestling angle. All right. Uh, there's there's a couple. Of, I love to shoehorn in wrestling references to everything that I've ever done. It's sort of like a, a defense mechanism. <laughs> uh, we put up a picture of our lead actress today, Lisa Friedrich, wearing uh, Jill Thompson's Daniel Bryan Yes shirt, which not a lot of people own. It's like me and Brie Bella have one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. But, uh, no, I wrote the script, and there was a preacher role, and I was like, hey, who should we cast in this preacher role? And my director at the time was like, well, Al Snow wants to get into movies. Do you want to put Al Snow in your movie? And I was like, I don't know. I kind of hate Al Snow's guts. Like, what do I do? Should I put Al Snow in the movie because he's a wrestler? Like, is that a thing I do? So we, we considered Al Snow, and we were, we were sort of – we called the Undertaker too at one point, uh, but he's busy. Um, <laughs> he's but, busy uh, being dead. I, I was, yeah, he's he's dead and being resurrected or whatever. Uh, but no, I was sitting and I was thinking like, who is a wrestler who is really sort of internally emotional, but then weird as shit on the outside? Uh, and I was like, shit, Dustin Rhodes. Because if you've ever seen the Dusty Rhodes DVD that WWE put out, like, Dustin is just, like, a powder keg of emotion for that entire thing. So he's talking about, like, his dad, like, neglecting him and stuff, and it's very powerful and it's emotional. So we were like, hey, I grew up watching Dustin Rhodes on pay-per-view wrestling the blacktop bully on the back of, like, a semi-truck that's, like, moving around. Like, yeah, like, I love that guy. Let's let's contact him. And we, we contacted his agent, and we sent him a copy of the script, and he fell in love with it and absolutely wanted to do it. So, so now Goldust is in my movie, uh, and he's coming in uh, next Tuesday to film his scenes. So that's pretty amazing. Nice. How, and and going going into the actual like uh, aspects of the movie, uh, from mm-hmm. from what I know, it's it's actually based on uh, true stories. Yes, um, my my lovely and beautiful girlfriend, who is I believe in the chat room currently. Uh, Miss Destiny Tally. Uh, she had a very bizarre childhood. She grew up in a place called Atwood, Oklahoma, where the population was 70. Uh, and she couldn't go into the woods when she was a kid because there were druid ceremonies happening in the woods and, you know, Whoa. just crazy stuff. Like her mom cleaned up crime scenes in a town of 73 people uh, and, you know, discovered sacrificing slabs and people who had glued deer legs to their walls and people would install drains in their floor to drain out blood and stuff. And she comes from a very bizarre, just totally just infested environment. That's, that's really pretty evil. Uh, so what I did is I took all of her scary stories from childhood and I took all of her nightmares and in a loving way, I turned it into a screenplay and that's what we're making now. So, so yeah, everything, almost everything in this movie is either a true story, inspired by a true story, in the real way, not in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre way, and or it's you know very similar to something that was a true story, or it's someone who was lying to her, but we're calling it a true story anyway. That <laughs> work. Uh, so, did you did you find it any way difficult to sort of uh, what was your process, I guess, to say to sort of compose this and and put it, put everything together. Well, um, I don't, I don't want to bore you guys, but, uh, the, the short version of the story is that back in 2003, when I was a very young, very naive little boy, uh, I published a novel, uh, called Seven Hill City. You can find it on Amazon, uh, if you'd like, uh, it's, it's got its own bullshit shoehorned in wrestling references. There's an entire <laughs> thing in the book about the dynamite kid and tiger mask. I don't know why. Yes. Uh, 
but uh, I, I wrote it and it was a labor of depression and love. And I was uh, just, I was just down in the dumps for two years after I wrote it because I took all of my, my guts and my heart and I put it on this book and I optioned a screenplay. Uh, and at one point it was going to have a big budget with, with like a big studio and it was a big deal. Uh, and you know, eventually they were like, hey, rewrite this script to fit these script notes. And then that happened 33 times. Mm. Uh, so I wrote 33 drafts of this one script, and then my option ran out. Uh, and it got re-optioned, and then that one kind of wasn't going anywhere. Uh, so in December of this year, I was like, hey, I'm just going to write a garbage throwaway horror movie. And we're just going to make it, we're going to make it with our friends and we're just going to take our video camera outside and just film ourselves acting stupid. And I'm going to have a movie because my dream as a kid who grew up as the son of a of a woman who ran a video store and who has seen everything ever, uh, I wanted to make a movie. Uh, and about 15 pages into it, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I could actually try and make this as good as possible. Uh, so I ended up writing it in just a couple of weeks. And everyone who's read the script has really enjoyed it. And we've managed to get a lot of talented people involved in it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll translate. And uh, yeah, so, so basically it was by accident. I was just like, hey, I need some, some good material. And my, my girlfriend happens to have the scariest life ever. So let's, uh, let's turn that into a thing. So it's, it, sounds like, it sounds like I listen to a lot of uh, Kevin Smith uh, uh, kind of podcasts and everything. And it sounds like uh-huh. that whole uh, mentality a bit went behind clerks. It's like, well, I'm a dude. I can make something like this, right? Um, uh-huh. So and, and hopefully it spins out into something really – I mean, already – you got you got Dustin Rhodes involved, so uh, I mean yeah. that's already a uptick, yeah, right? So yeah, and uh, Jill Thompson came in uh, for our first weekend of shooting, and uh, if you guys don't know Jill, she's an amazing comic book artist, and uh, she's responsible for a lot of WWE stuff. She she drew uh, CM Punk's latest T-shirt, hmm. uh, and she does all Daniel Bryan's gear. Uh, she does gear for a lot of guys, uh, and you know she's doing the art for our poster. And- loved the script so much that she flew in from Chicago and, and played a part. So yeah, it's crazy. The people who, who want to help us out. Um, right, so yeah, it's very, very humbling. It's very cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're working, uh, production wise, you're working with a uh, greenlist studios out of uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, we, you were actually, uh, you had a couple of roles in one of their uh, recent films, a uh, summer league. I did indeed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had I had three uh, so how, <laughs> I believe at one point you were a uh, in a duck costume. <laughs> That's true. For the last uh, 15ish minutes of the movie, I'm a duck mascot. Uh, at one point, I'm a player on a heel softball team who is made up of kickball playing hipsters who want to prove that they're better than the softball players in softball. And then later I'm the host of a pub trivia quiz where I get to drop a Mantar reference. So, <laughs> nice. And, so, and yeah. always inserting those wrestling references. I love it. Uh, so how is it, how's it, how's it, how's it, how's it like working with those guys at Dreamless? Oh, they're amazing. Uh, Lex Librand, who's, who's our director, uh, he's a really cool guy. He is, he's got like a weird thing going on where he can, he can take very little money in a, in a very, very, I don't want to say humble again, but a very sort of not movie theater, not the kind of camera you would expect someone to film a movie with. And he can point it, and then it's gorgeous. 
like, it's amazing that this guy can do this. And I assume that in 10 years he'll be, you know, making Iron Fist movies or whatever the hell Marvel's doing at this, this point. Um, but for right now, he just is a guy who lives in Austin and he films gorgeous shit. And it's it's really great to, to write a script and to have a guy who has, like, a really brilliant, like, visual vision to, to sort of make it happen and make it come alive. And one of the most shocking things that I've had to go through so far since I've never actually gotten to the making the movie part of making a movie is, is seeing scenes that I've written sort of sort of being alive, like they actually exist now. Like we filmed right. for two days and we filmed six or seven scenes and they exist now. Like I can I can reference mm-hmm. pictures of them on the internet and stuff and it's like yeah, they're they're wonderful. Uh, Summer League was really fun. We got to play kickball and softball and you know, hang out a lot in Austin, so that was fun. Uh, his wife, Kelly, who wrote Summer League, she's wonderful. She's making a movie right now called Wind and Rain, which is hopefully going to be our sister movie. We can show it in double features or something. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, they're great. Uh, anything they make, you guys should definitely check out. I think it's greenlessstudios.com or .net or something. I'm not sure what their URL is. but <laughs> One of those. One of those. greenlessstudios.edu slash index.shtml. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll, that'll send you right to them. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned that you guys just got done with your first uh, couple of days of production this past weekend. Uh, overall, just how do you think it went? How do you were there any <laughs> trials and tribulations that come with you know filming a uh, you know a movie like this? You know, uh, what, what what do you think coming out of this weekend? Uh, I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, I'm sort of obsessed with it now. Uh, I feel like I should be making movies every day. Like, that's what my day should be. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of weird things that have happened already. Um, we went to uh, our filming location uh, about 45 minutes south of Austin. Uh, we got a rental property. It's just a, a house on someone's land uh, that's subbing in for, you know, rural Oklahoma. Uh, and they didn't tell us that they also raised peacocks. Uh, so there were like 15 peacocks just roaming around at all times. Uh, so whenever <laughs> we would film something, there would just be <laughs> ah, 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 <laughs> background and everything. Uh, so that was weird. Um, we had a scene with a goat. Uh, we we rented a goat. What? Uh, and we had to we had to have a non acting goat act for us because we don't have the money to buy an acting goat. <laughs> so that was that was weird. Um, it, it's those sag fees, isn't it? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, just just sort of being there all day and, and you know seeing how stuff gets put together. And, and I, I watched as I watched uh, Lex film scenes because I I'm uh, I'm unofficially helping out in any way I can. So I worked the boom mic for a lot of the scenes, uh, <laughs> and I'm watching them and I'm like, yeah, here's a normal thing that doesn't look like a movie. And then I look at, at what he shot and it's it's really fantastic. So. So yeah, it's it's it went really well, and the hiccups were were strange, but we got some really creepy background noises. Uh, we watched. <laughs> so a, if you, if you hear some peacocks, you know. Yeah, we watched a. We found a dead animal just randomly. It looked like the chupacabra. <laughs> we just found a skeleton <laughs> of a dead animal randomly. Uh, we watched a team of geese fight a team of. Uh, I guess different ducks. I don't know much about ducks, <laughs> but we watched just. There were lots of animals, and lots of weird death and brutality, and all sorts of stuff. So, so yeah, it's been a fun weekend. Next weekend, we are uh, filming in a graveyard. We're filming uh, some stuff then, and then on Tuesday, we get to take gold dust into a church and paint up a lot of people like dead people. So it'll be fun. 
awesome. <laughs> All right, if people want to follow <laughs> it, uh, uh, where where can they find you online again? Uh, well, uh, meetmetheremovie.com is going to be our hub. Uh, that is the uh, that's where we're going to be operating from. Uh, it's greenless.com is Greenless Studios page. Uh, that's for information about you know what we're doing and wind and rain and summer league and that kind of thing. So definitely check them out. Uh, and of course we've got a, we've got a Facebook, just search for meet me there movie and you should be able to find it. Uh, someone made a short film called meet me there last year, apparently. So don't, <laughs> don't friend that one. Uh, we hate them. I don't know. I, so I don't the know. one that looks like this. <laughs> yeah. The one that looks like that is the one that you should, should friend. Uh, and yeah, you know, and, and of course I'll be updating about it on Twitter. So, uh, if you go to my, I always want to do this. If you go to my Twitter handle, <laughs> I never got to do that. It's so much fun. Nice. Um, but no, uh, I'll be updating about it for sure. And I'm going to be blogging pretty extensively about it on, on the movie site. So, so yeah, definitely keep up with that. We're, we're trying to get into, uh, we're, we're trying to get into fantastic fest in Austin, uh, sometime September, nice. October. So, Fingers crossed. Awesome. Go check it out. Meet me there on the internet. And with that, let's go from indie movie making. Let's go to indie wrestling with the Indie Minute. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's Indie Minute time. (laughs) I was unprepared for the Indie Minute. Yeah, let's do this. Um, So uh, the first thing we should talk about here on the uh, Indie Minute uh, concerning the people in the Pittsburgh area. Ring of Honor was in Pittsburgh this weekend and Sword was there. I was there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I took the lady to it. Um, she was like, uh, compl- and, and I've been now understand. I've been subjecting my wife to a lot of wrestling lately. Like, not only does she have to work the DVD table at all shows, not only do I have to send her on shows by herself to to supervise um, when I can't make it. Uh, she also went to the TNA hour and a half drive away uh, taping out in Indiana, uh, PA, where they had five dollar Mountain Dews. Where they had five dollar Mountain Dews. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I, 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 and I'm like, hey, I really want to go to this. You went to the one before. You seem to have fun. This is not a TV taping, and it won't be as cold. So, you know, you, you probably have a better time at this one. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And she was pretty readily into it. Um, this was one of those kind of normal Ring of Honor kind of spot shows kind of things. You know, like I'm sure it, will be, it sounds like it's going to be on DVD or whatever. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of all the reasons that I went to Ring of Honor in the first place. Uh, I think it was a final battle show up in uh, New York. Um, uh, wrestle fan. Yes, I can report. Uh, I think all of Pittsburgh now has an ACH boner like you. That's good. To, that's good to know. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad people are spreading the word. Yes, yes, and spreading the boners. Uh, his match with uh, Elgin was uh, probably definitely the match of the night. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, the, the they started with a tag team match with uh, American Wolves and uh, what was that? Q uh, T Marshall and R D Evans. What yeah, that, you think of R D Evans. That's the Archibald Archibald Peck guy, right? Alleged. He looks very similar to Archibald Peck. <laughs> looks very similar. Like, like, are we saying he looks very similar, or, yes. or okay, okay? I, I, I was pretty sure that was the thing. Um, but uh, no, it was fun. It, it was a fun match. It was really kind of intense for the first match, and uh, and it was pretty good all night. So, um, I guess big news from the night was uh, Jay Briscoe coming out and doing uh, the apology beforehand. I don't know what they're doing with it. I don't know if they're going to throw it <laughs> on the TV show or something because all they did they were only recording like the the main camera, and they didn't even have all the lights down or anything like. 
like that. It's on YouTube, though. Um, so uh, he had a pretty good uh, anti-Jay Briscoe section, I noticed, uh, during the last uh, uh, match that he was involved in. Um, You'll have another one when they come to San Antonio. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm wondering if this which will is get gonna be, Which is so upsetting because he's wrestling Davey Richards. And I'm like, okay, oh, then I'll cheer oh, for Jay, Br- oh, Jay Briscoe. Oh, oh, and then oh. this happens. Yeah, there was, some, there was a little bit of that chanting. Uh, they had uh, rainbow streamers to throw at him. Um, so, oh, I mean, I mean a it, was a, it was a small section. It was, like, maybe, like, six people, uh, but they were very vocal. And I don't know if they picked up a couple uh, uh, friends along the way of, uh, as well. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, Jay Marry Me sign um, from a guy. Uh, and yeah. there's a couple other ones out there. Just to I, clarify, it's from a guy. <laughs> from can, a guy. Can we, can we start a Brian Danielson style, uh, you're going to get your fucking headshot in chant for him? <laughs> oh. It'll probably hey, only get worse from here. If you, if you, I'll I'll you know, only if you preach your morals. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it, it was not the best apology. Oh, um, man, guys, look, look, I'm sorry, guys, look. Hey, you know, you know, I just, uh, Sometimes I get you know, my up. children, we all love children. Children are our future. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm going to shoot my well. body. It's just my wrestling character to say that I would fucking shoot someone who told my kids that gay marriage was okay. Hey guys, by the way, it's totally a Briscoe Brothers thing that happens. By the way, you know, redneck kung fu and shooting gay people in the head is apparently synonymous. Like if Mark Briscoe had come out and been like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey y'all, if you tell my kids that gay marriage is okay, Jay Briscoe's character, yeah, I don't, I don't, guns or children." I, and I don't agree. Yeah, I don't agree with people. It's like, oh, well, it's his character. He's a redneck. And I have to remind people, I'm like, the Godwins were never like, oh, these gay people. <laughs> like, right, you never have to be that. There is so. no reason for commentary about gay marriage uh, on a wrestling show unless we are marrying Billy and Chuck and we are in Scooby-Doo disguise <laughs> and about to spring three-minute warning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yes yes perfect uh so in safer stuff so yeah no that's fun um um yeah yeah that's all i can yeah. say about that right now um no no yeah but it, 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 it pains me because i fall out of ring of honor so like so many times like i fell out of it the last few months but i've had so much wwe to watch leading up to wrestlemania uh so it's just hard to catch up you know I, even my wife said i would watch roh tv i'm like yeah but i guess it would be if it was easier to watch right it's like yeah basically because it's on 5 p.m on saturday and 11 p.m on sunday uh so she's not gonna watch that you know, uh, so other than that, um, and she doesn't watch like raw or anything like that. She's not interested in it at all, partially because of all the wrestling I subject to her, subject her to. So, um, but, but she says that keeps her interest, uh, with, with it. Oh, the other cool thing. Um, um, I, uh, received a message from earlier in the day from an old, uh, friend from the old rap scene I used to be involved in, uh, one of the poetically gifted honkies shout outs, uh, said, Hey, are there any tickets? Uh, uh, left tonight. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, there should be. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to go get some some you know general mission, whatever. Um, plus, like, God, that place is huge, right? Uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll fit people. They'll take anybody. I'll walk out. I'm sure. Uh, and it ends up like I'm sitting there, and I go I go sit down because uh, Joe Dabrowski was there, so I was talking with him for a little bit. Went to about Mike's with my wife, and then saw like one of the security guys knew me. Uh, yelled out, you know, my name, and then like. 
guy sitting next to my wife says, oh, it is you. Uh, and, and there he was, <laughs> happened to be sitting right behind me. And, and his kids, apparently, like, he's taking them to Raw and stuff. They loved it. And I noticed after intermission, uh, both his kids were wearing ROH hats. So completely sold on hmm. it. And I, I think I talked to him to come in some uh, other uh, local indie shows as well. So, um, so yeah. Okay. It's, it's really cool. Cause there, I think there is a lot of that, like, kind of new people going. We took two new people that caught it on TV, and now they're really into that kind of style of wrestling stuff too so i like i like seeing that kind of like reach out you know a bit so what else is going on wrestle fan awesome. uh other stuff going on in the independent wrestling scene uh more specifically in the austin texas area this weekend uh, is the big anarchy championship wrestling uh nothing is as real as a dream prom event uh, <laughs> i love this Yes, I attended. I actually uh, attended my first ever ACW prom last year, and it was an amazing, amazing time. Uh, uh, a lot of really great stuff, and this one should be the same. Seriously. Uh, the uh, the main event will be for the uh, Anarchy Heavyweight Title, Evangelistico of the Submission Squad, defending against the American Joshi Champion Jessica James, uh, as well as tons of other stuff. There will be uh, Matthew Palmer versus Summers for the World Hardcore Title. Uh, ACH makes his return to Anarchy, and he will face an opponent of his choosing. So uh, this should be uh, really interesting stuff there. Uh, so if you are, I really hope his uh, I really hope his opponent is Little Tony. Oh God, we can only hope. That, that'll be a that, that'll be a classic. That'll it'll be amazing. It'll be really good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, if you're in the Austin, Texas area, uh, come down to Mohawks Nine One Two Red River. Come see me. Come see Brandon Stroud. There will be tons of people there uh, in the Mohawk checking out uh, some Anarchy Championship Wrestling. Uh, and if you want tickets for that, you can go to AnarchyChampionshipWrestling.com. Uh, and the next thing, and the final thing that I want to talk about here on the Indie Minute, uh, if you are in the Chicago area, uh, our good friends at Chicago Pro Wrestling, uh, they have a huge uh, week uh, event coming up on the 18th, uh, the return of the Tag World Grand Prix. Uh, the Tag World Grand Prix was sort of a precursor to the King of Trios tournament that's been really famous for them. Uh, they had, uh, except, of course, this time it's for tag teams, uh, and they are doing an afternoon and an evening card for that event in Chicago, uh, featuring a 16-team tournament, uh, and it should be a really, really awesome time. A lot of great uh, teams from Chicago, a lot of teams are bringing in. Uh, there's going to be a lot of awesome stuff. Also, on the uh, the second uh, card for that show, Eddie Kingston defends the Grand Championship against Archibald Peck, uh, and that should be a really, really awesome show. So, if you're in the Chicago area, go check them out. Uh, if you can't make it to the Chicago area, you should uh, check them out on Smart Market Video and uh, SMVOD, Smart Market Video on Demand, uh, and go support them because Chicago is doing pretty amazing stuff right now. So uh, I encourage you to definitely go check them out, uh, com. And that, my friends, is the Indie Minute for this week. Thanks, WrestleFan. And with that, we're going to go to the break. Go see what's going on in Wrestling Mayhem Show Gold. Go buy the app and get that a little bit extra content. And also check out what's going on, the latest interview, uh, talking about uh, their Montreal theory. we got Johnny Gargano, uh, again from WrestleCon, coming up after that. And we'll be right back with Remember When. That's right, that's right. Green bean. Mr. <laughs> Brandon Stroud, if you were a yes. vegetable, what vegetable would you be? That's all other conversation. We can get the big one on the back of that. A globally traded company that employs a team of writers. Yes, it can. That's their job. <laughs> they should be able to do that. The Daily Show that puts should. Up, what, five good shows a week. 
Are you cool? This week on the Wrestling Mayhem Show, we interview Mr. Brandon Stroud. Jesus Christ, we hope you like indie wrestling. On location, it's a caucus, New Jersey, at WrestleCon. We're getting theories throughout this entire convention. What are their thoughts on the Montreal Screwjob? We're investigating for MontrealTheory.com. I am joined here by the Bees Knees, the Cats Pajamas, the whole shebang, somebody I've known far, far too long. Age 18, 19? Earlier than that, probably like 17. My God, it's not even legal in Ohio. Okay, we've just completely blown your cover. I apologize for that. But we are talking about the Montreal Three with Johnny Gargano, current Dragon Gate USA champion. Give me the whole thing. Open the Freedom Gate champion. Now, you've been there for a long time, and you've been a, a featured player. You've been the, the main franchise star of that company. Yeah. Uh, I won't call you the franchise player, but I would like to know, how many gates have you opened in that company? About 12. 12. I, the, 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 the big number is like 15. I'm, I'm reaching for that number. Is there like a 12 right now? Is there a prize like when you play Let's Make a Deal and Caramel opens the curtain and there's like a llama there? Is there like a, a prize when you open the gate? A dragon actually comes out. A real life dragon. That you, I have like 12 in my house right now. So you don't slay them? No, I keep them. They're, they're my friends. I open the gate to our friendship, basically. I wish the dragon's friendship. I always thought they were cats. I don't know. But we're talking we're talking about the Montreal Theory, Montreal Screwjob, November 1997. Could Brett have been in on it? There's been a lot of different theories. Some people think we're onto something big. Some people think we're full of crap. I know you felt both ways about me over our relationship. So do you have a theory about what happened in Montreal? Do I have a theory? Um, you know, I've been in the wrestling business long enough. I've been in the wrestling business since I was eight years old, basically. So I've seen basically everything. And what I've learned in the wrestling business is never believe anything you're told. Never believe anything that's put in front of you. Because you can never tell what's real and what's not real. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of our business, really. Is you can present something and it cannot be real. Or you can present something and it could be real. I mean, you, you never know what could happen. The wrestling business is a very different animal. And when it comes to Montreal, I'm sure there's going to be tons of theories. And this guy's going to think that and this guy's going to think that and i don't know if we're ever going to truly know the answer to that question but we can get a lot closer by checking out the montreal theory montreal theory.com order it now digital download or dvd johnny organo has his copy he personally endorses it you can have yours too what's your theory let us know join us on facebook join us on dot com we'll find out Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, thanks, Johnny Gargano, for talking with uh, us at, at uh, WrestleCon about the Montreal Theory. Go check it out. Still flying off the shelves, well, digitally at least, over at MontrealTheory.com if you want to go check that out. Uh, now is a segment that we do every week where we look back on the world of wrestling and our memories with the Remember When? This week's uh, theme music for Remember When brought you by Papa Lunchbox for all oh, your. Oh, listen to the. Um... I listened to the audio version last week, and I realized for our audio listeners, that's just dead silence yes, with is. the tiny little sword <laughs> clicking in the background. So uh, I'm going to fill that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I know you're I thinking. Like I mean, that is still the mass of people that listen to this, our listeners. Uh, so we should really think of them. Just like I've been thinking about how my promos uh, for the DVDs are just music with nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You just got random basic sickness songs. Um, not that that's bad. Uh, so, yeah, this week, um, like I said, uh, this can be a best memory, the worst memory. I can think of a few bad ones right off the top of my head. Uh, but probably the most memorable and one I probably wore out uh, was a, a, a fine movie uh, involving uh, one Christopher Lloyd and girl I can't remember that was in the Popeye movie. Uh, and, of course, Hulk Hogan, uh, Suburban Commando. Jesus Christ, uh, did you just reference the Popeye movie? The Popeye movie. I remember that was the Holy big thing. Because that was when you when you saw the trailer, as I did, because it was New Line Cinema. So, I, I, for, you know, I was watching a lot of Ninja Turtle movies and Surf Ninjas. And so, like, the trailers were all over all the rest of the... Anyways, you get the idea. Um, but anyway, I'm more upset that you didn't remember Shelley Duvall's name. Come on, she was in The Shining, man. The Shining? <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, um, but I mean, it was um, it was it was the next one after No Holds Barred. I went to the theater to see No Holds Barred. I was definitely way too young to really like No Holds Barred. That was the biggest, I think, miss on uh, uh, demographics for uh, putting Hulk Hogan in a movie at the time. Especially, I mean, God, he was a kid's character, you know, it, 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 at the moment uh, to put him in that movie. But I thought Suburban Commando was like the right thing, and. At the time, other than the Ninja Turtles movie, the best thing ever made. Um, so, I, I, and look at the guys. It has, it has Michael Ironside in it as the bad guy. Uh, it had some, in my child's mind, because I haven't watched this movie in forever, some tremendous special effects for the alien at the end. It has uh, Undertaker and Paul Roma as the alien, alien bounty hunters. Um, and, and in one of, uh, the undertaker's few speaking roles early in his career. Um, so, uh, it, it's, it, it's a pretty good movie. I think again, in my child's mind's eye that watched this over and over again. Uh, so, I mean, that's one that comes to mind. I know we got plenty of horrible WCW things and shows in, uh, WWE studios. So, uh, what, what about, uh, what does your child mind, uh, still think about Russell fan? Well, I still have a child of mine, so that kind of that kind of goes. Yes, with that's it. what I was uh, this, subtly alluding to. I, I'm sort of I'm sort of going off of the remember one thing. This isn't a movie I've necessarily seen, uh, but it's one I found out about that I really need to check out. Uh, for those that don't see my blog, uh, I did a post about No Way Out 2004 recently. Yes, and uh, the, one of the big factors in that is uh, Goldberg. Goldberg is a big factor in that show. Uh, and he was wearing a T-shirt at that event uh, uh, with the words Santa's sleigh on the back. Uh, and I was like, oh, what is Santa's sleigh? What is this? Apparently, uh, it's a 2005 uh, comedy horror movie where Bill Goldberg plays Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And he is a murdering Santa Claus. I, I, I pulled up the uh, IMDb description for this movie, which it has a 5.2 out of 10, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel, so he becomes the giver of toys and happiness. But when the bet is off, he returns to his evil ways. And I need to see this movie somewhere or another. Uh, it was... It, it, it was on Netflix for the longest time, and I just could not bring myself to watch it. Fran Drescher is apparently in this. <laughs> oh, I'm sold. <laughs> I, I need to figure out some way to view this and 
you know, because my God, Bill Goldberg and Santa Claus, it's it, it's in a role you will not believe. Awesome. So I'm I'm excited to be doing that. Uh, Lunchbox. Um, I would say my favorite, uh, my actual favorite wrestling movie is The Wrestler. I really enjoyed that yeah. with um, uh, Mickey Rourke as Randy the Ram, and there was all kinds of independent wrestlers. Necro Butcher makes an appreance, and lots friend, of others that I can't think of right friend now. Friend of the show, Larry Sweeney. Friend of the show, Larry Sweeney. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton's punching bag, uh, Antonio Cesaro. Me does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, as far as silly movies go, really anything with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> anything. If Hulk Hogan was in it, it's ridiculous, and I enjoyed it on some level. Three Ninjas? So. Three Ninjas movie with him? Was he in one of those three Yeah, he was in one of them. And they gave him, like, a hairpiece and everything. It was pretty bad. Holy was, uh, Mr. Mr. Brandon Stroud, how about you? High Noon at, High noon at Mega Mountain is what that one's called. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, I've seen everything. Um, my personal favorite uh, wrestling movie memory, if I'm remembering when correctly, uh, is a movie called Body Slam uh, that was released <laughs> in 1987. Uh, personal favorite of mine, uh, it stars Dirk Benedict, uh, mm-hmm. who you may remember best as Face Man from the A-Team. Uh, he stars alongside Tanya Roberts, who you may remember as the neighbor wife on that 70s show. Uh, Dirk Benedict stars as a, a down-on-his-luck huckster music guy who finds himself uh, conned into being a pro-wrestling manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Rowdy Roddy Piper as Quick Rick. Uh, it stars the Tonga Kid. Uh, it stars... Uh, let's see, who else does it star? Uh, it stars John Aston, who you may remember uh, as Gomez Adams, <laughs> just randomly. Uh, it also features really incredible cameos uh, by Ric Flair, uh, Freddie Blassie, uh, Bruno San Martino. Like, really cool guys are in this movie. Um, there's also a really awesome casting choice uh, to play the role of bad guy manager Captain Lou Morano. <laughs> they cast, wait for it. Captain Lou Albano. No, boy. So that works out really well. Um, it's a really, really bad, sort of dated, hilarious movie. Um, I watched it on DVD recently. I bought it from Amazon because I'm an asshole with too much money, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was really shocked by how offensive it was. Uh, there's lots of like anti-Asian jokes in the movie for some reason. Uh, and at one point, a guy in the crowd uh, at a wrestling show, uh, and pardon pardon my use of this because I don't like to use it, but the gentleman just has a sign in the crowd that says faggot. Oh, man. And I was oh. like, oh, God, is that what wrestling crowds used to be? And then I remembered Jay Briscoe, and I was like, oh, they're still like that. So, yeah. Uh, body slam. Check it out, guys, for offensive signs and really cool mid '80s Ric Flair cameos. In, in certain hills in the in uh, Pennsylvania and West Virginia, no, the wrestling crowds are definitely mm-hmm. like that. Uh, there was a uh, what was the one? Uh, there was there was uh, I, I think we had. Black- I know it if you tell me. No, no, no. You probably what you probably what. No, this was a local show that never nobody ever heard of. But I remember oh, okay. there was some fairly offensive things being said 
to I don't know if it was a gay character or a black character in the uh, in, in the ring, uh, One of the two. but either way I feared for a him. gay black character. Like, it was probably a gay black character, uh, and I definitely feared for his safety. Uh, so Aww. that was a thing. Uh, not too far away. Uh, so uh, also, we, uh, also I live in Jack South Gypsy Texas. So. If you want a really horrible wrestling crowd yelling things they shouldn't yell. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, from the chat, we had uh, some shouts from uh, Riz for Big Show uh, in, as Captain Insano and Waterboy. Yes. Um, and Big Show was a giant Santa and Jingle all the way. This is all Big Show comments now. He was um, also Knucklehead in the feature film Knucklehead. And uh, Mad <laughs> Mix says clearly Kevin Nash as fucking Super Shredder is the winner. <gasps> oh no. I just, re- I just, re- I just, uh, it just dawned on me. Uh, I think I, I know, well, I, if this happens, I might. Um, I just, I might have an opportunity to uh, uh, meet Kevin Nash this summer, and I do have that VHS signed by Vanilla Ice of Ninja Turtles two. Uh, oh, make it happen, brother! I think I have to. I, 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 I don't want to be that guy, but I think I have to in this case. Right? You, you can't be the first guy. That's Can you sign this for my brother? I, hey, you know, Vanilla Ice was real cool about it. There's people that bought, like, just Ninja Turtle anything to have him sign. I at least brought the damn movie he was in. That's definitely so. shoot the best thing Vanilla Ice ever did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Besides Madonna. Although we had a pretty rocking gathering uh, uh, concert at the uh, gathering of the Juggalos. So, um, anyways, uh, with that, guys, let's go to Mad Mike's Minute of Mayhem, and we'll be back with a little bit of roundtable. Mad Mike, once again with your Minute of Mayhem. Okay, so TNA last week. Um, Abyss came back, which is awesome because I kind of missed Abyss. I mean, who doesn't love Abyss? However, the only problem is if this doesn't lead to some sort of tag match, Abyss and Joseph Park versus the Dudleys, or Abyss versus Bully Ray for the world title at some anniversary, neither of those things will happen because they're good, and Sting will just keep talking about why new talent isn't getting pushed when he's the one taking the title shots. Anyway, um, Raw was the go-home show for Extreme Rules. I gotta say I'm a little disappointed. Um, it sucks that Ziggler got injured. It sucks. It's good they didn't take the title from him, but it sucks that he got injured because that ladder match was kind of the cream of the crop for me with regards to that card. Um, but here we go for the at Mike three stars of the week. Third star is for Mark Henry because that what he do um, the strap match is going to be so much fun with Sheamus's pasty white skin and Mark Henry as a big black man swinging a strap I mean they should just call this the South Rise Again match anyway um, number two goes to Y2J Chris Jericho not only for the segment of Fandango at the beginning of the show dance off that was actually really good. I kind of liked the way, and I gotta say, they they got me. They got me with the Summer Rae thing. I thought, oh no, Summer's gonna become a face. She's gonna come out with Jericho because they danced before and all yada yada yada. But they didn't. And she's a heel. And she's a heel manager. And that's gonna be fun. And number one star, Dolph Ziggler. Now you're probably asking yourself, self? 
How is Dolph Ziggler number one star if he wasn't even on Raw? Go back and look at his live tweets. Dolph Ziggler was more entertaining than the entire three hours of Raw put together. And that's the truth. Hashtag heel Ziggler. And, um, yeah, I think that's it for the minute. Peace, bitches. All right, thanks, Mad Mike, for that minute of mayhem, which I think has uh, has aroused some disagreement from Mr. Brandon Stroud. Well, wait, 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 hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before wait, wait, we wait. do that, we, we do have to quickly do comments from the unwashed matches. Do, do, do we have to? Do we have to? Because they're, they're in. They're, Bobby sent them in. Okay, go ahead and do them, man. Okay, so these are uh, Bobby Bobby FJ Town segment comments from the unwashed masses. Uh, these are uh, comments that were put on uh, various posts in the Facebook uh, page for WWE. Uh, so let's start it off. What's that? I can't understand the I- idea of WWE to put both men in such a boring match. WWE want to retain the cheater, Doll, and the D-O is capitalized, Ziggler, with one G, as the champion. <laughs> but he doesn't, but he don't deserve that title. They should have stipe him. He, he don't. He, they should have stipe him from the title and give it back to the man who deserves that. Alburo Del Rio. Burrow. Alberto. I believe that means a donkey. <laughs> the Burrow Del Rio. El Burrow um, Del Rio. The second one, Punk always looked old, and there is seven question marks. Smiley face, Punk. <laughs> <What the laughs> <hell? laughs> <Okay. laughs> That's true. He does always look old. Uh, <laughs> and the final one, uh, the Shield always cheat. The only way to stop them from cheating is to go (laughs) to go one on one in a steel cage. That's the pretty trick to win the shield. And without this, the shield wins and remains the undefeated. And as friend, if you are wrestling fans, we talk about wrestling. We love wrestling. (laughs) That's true. Also. Uh, I, I don't feel so bad by, by for adding an extra the to my tweet to Ziggler last night. So, uh, with that, thank you. Thank you for raising our, our all of our self-esteem. Um, so really let's, do, love let's go back to the uh, discussion at hand. Uh, uh, Mr. Brandon Stroud, what, what did you disagree with the uh, Mad One about? Oh, no, after, after listening to those people, I mean, Mad Mike's basically like Gordon Soley. So <laughs> I don't want to talk too much shit about him now. <laughs> Um, no, uh, that, that Fandango Jericho dance segment was not good. It was not good. I'm sorry. I love Johnny Curtis. I love Dirty Curtis. And Use his I think slave Jericho name. can be one of the best people on the show, but holy shit. It was a bait and switch 20 minute dance segment where nobody danced and they put a parquet floor in the ring that ended up being used as like a segmented weapon for no reason. That segment could have been Fandango coming out and then playing cheesy elevator music for one second and him just bashing Jericho in the face with a microphone and they would have done it all. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Summer Rae is a heel manager. That's great. It's like, no, not really. She's a shitty wrestler from NXT and she's a nice looking girl but there are lots of nice-looking girls. Put one nice-looking girl on the show who can contribute, like Lady, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, being Lady. Lady, still Summer Rae, bring back the good one. 
I did, I did like that you note uh, you noted in this week's column about how they had no dancing in that entire segment except for Fandango's actual entrance where he dances to the ring. It's a new way to watch television. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. The new way to talk to, to watch television, which is very confusing and interrupting. It's the WWE app. Yeah. It, the WWE app is a new way to watch television. Did yes. you guys get that? Oh, I mean, there was a little bit. There was a little bit of okay. We're going to actually give Matt Stryker something to do instead of reading tweets off the internet with Real and Regal, which is hilarious, by the way. Uh, or recapping what just happened because we didn't line up the guy that we thought we had for this segment, and we have to go live now in front of the screen. Or, or, um, um, but, but, but the that they would not have something on a commercial break and then come into a commercial. During a match, I'm sorry, not a commercial, an interview during a match. Uh, I forgot who said it last night in the Hangout, WrestleFan, if you can help me remember. Uh, but they said that, that basically what's happening is, remember back in the, when like SmackDown would still, still does this from time to time, I think, where they pop up that little spot interview uh, with involved with somebody in the ring? Uh, yeah. Like in the corner. Yeah, picture, picture. yeah, basically the app is doing that now. As your picture in picture, um, I thought you know for somebody who's done pretty decent uh, with their social media efforts, I thought the uh, pushing on the app was very ham-handed last night and just didn't make sense and didn't work. Uh, yeah, and they went to extra commercial breaks just so that you would feel like you had to get the app to watch the show. Yeah, like if you want me to watch the show on the internet, broadcast it on fucking WWEraw.com. Like, and I'll watch it on the internet. But if you have a TV yeah. show, guess what, guys? Your TV show is more important than your fucking app. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to use the WWE app in five years. And Nobody. I, and I always wonder. And I always wonder. will still be here. <laughs> I always wonder what that does to the advertisers at that point. You know, not being an expert in TV, uh, you know, advertising crap. Uh, but yeah, like, don't, don't watch our commercials. Yeah, yeah. Hey, more. don't watch the people paying for this show. Go, go check out our app and, and watch something that actually you, you may want to watch. You know, um, hey, you like Popeye's chicken? I do. I'm eating chicken strips. <laughs> I just did every commercial. That's an amazing Popeye's woman impression. Wow. Usually it's fast. For only $7.99. There you go. There's the other one. That was a really good Popeye's lady. That's kind of scary, uh, actually. Yeah, so quickly, Extreme Rules is going to be like, yeah, I'm really into this show, too. Eh. (laughs) Eh. Um, Well, I got some from (laughs) Popeye's. Sponsored by Popeyes. Uh, no, the yeah, lady I, lunchbox not... was like, "Are we watching the pay per view?" And I'm like, "Uh, why would we?" <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. like, "What? What's the craziest match they're gonna have on?" And I was like, "I don't know. I guess a ladder match. That seems is that crazy enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> is that extreme? Same is that, stipulation is that they always have. Extreme enough." No, and it's I, like I I'm okay with not seeing Triple H be a badass in a cage. Like I don't I don't care. Like yeah. I really yeah, could not does. give two shits anymore. Yeah, like I said last week, who is that appealing to? Uh, UFC people, I think. No, plebeians in the crowd who were chanting Triple H, Triple H at the end of that segment. People yeah, love that bullshit. Uh, I just don't understand it. Uh, it, it, it's them and it, well the same people that, that haven't watched wrestling for 10 years and are completely watching now that The Rock was back mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now they're wa- they now, now they're not watching anymore because Rock left and he's going to go do Fast Six or GI Joe Three and all that shit. Uh, so they're going to go watch that instead. But still, I got the buys for three months, right? Um, and look at the, the pay per view numbers. It looks like it worked, you know. Uh, but other than that, uh, and the same with Triple H, you know, people are, Triple H was the guy, you know. Some people are, you know. That was the guy that they followed for 10 years, and he disappeared. No, no. when was he the guy? No one ever he followed the Triple guy. H for 10 years. I think they followed no. The Undertaker and The Rock. Triple H, Triple Austin. H, no, he tore to the Attitude with an eye. Triple H. But he didn't. I, I actually, I actually been watching it. I've actually been watching some old Attitude Era Raws where uh, Triple H was champion. Yeah. Uh, like the first time. God, he was bad. Like, he was stumbling over lines. Like, he was just, like, he was clearly just, like, coming things. Like, it was not good. It was not good whatsoever. Like, yeah, I I liked, I liked uh, when I first got into wrestling, yes, my age is showing, when he was feuding with Shawn Michaels over the whole feud up to SummerSlam. Like, I liked that Triple H. Like, I, I thought it, it kept my interest. Like, I thought it was interesting. But, like, God, like. I don't know the guys. <laughs> and that was that was the pinnacle of it. That was him on top for several years. He was kind of the only guy while guys like Cena were kind of coming up. Um, I remember the horrible, horrible year of wrestling it was when he was handed a world championship and got to defend it from the uh, wonderful likes of uh, uh, Gold, Goldberg and Scott Steiner. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean that when he that, wrestled against Booker T and, and Chris Benoit and all that shit. Well, basically, when they would give him. The first half hour of Raw to talk. Yeah, yeah. Week in and week out. Yeah, and, and some oh, people, Those are I mean, happy times. he's what people thought about for the longest time because he was the guy that was in everybody's face for for the longest time. And, and I, now Benoit's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Triple H. <laughs> thanks, Triple H. Thanks a lot. I'll do sledgehammer shots. Triple H ain't, ain't shit if he never defended against Al Dandy. There you go. Who the hell are you to doubt Al Dandy? Come on. Um, Put the correct tone in your voice when you read that. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you, Sorg, to not read that correctly? Uh, Mad Mike hopes that Triple H does exactly what he did to Brock at the pay-per-view when uh, Brock wins and he just walks away laughing. Mm -hmm. So... Mm. That would be amazing. Yeah, That'll I just, just don't... set up another damn Triple H match where he gets his win and gets cheered for being a hero. Yeah. <laughs> or, or when he loses and we're supposed to cheer him away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's good to see him. Uh, I just think. Well, he definitely wasn't. He was definitely overshadowed by the two other uh, main events on, on WrestleMania. I, I think people were just kind of over the. They did weird stuff with the Brock Lesnar thing, too. Which I think just uh-huh. has thrown a lot of people off. You know, the whole you like he was overshadowed by the good wrestling on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's that too. Um, but I don't know. It just felt like I don't know. I think I think Brandon, you brought. I think you, I think it was in this week's column. You brought up a good point of how like Brock's been back and he's lost two out of three matches. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And what's funny is that Triple H is on TV saying, "Hey, Brock, listen. If you lose this match, no one's going to believe that you're tough anymore." And it's like, guess what? That's the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. That's not a story. That's John Cena being like, "Hey, Alberto Del Rio, you don't really own these cars, do you?" It's like, you know, you prick, it's a TV show. <laughs> it doesn't go on fucking Roseanne and be like, 
hey, Roseanne, you gained a lot of weight. Thank goodness I'm not really married to you. <laughs> it's like, this is the dude in charge of the company. This is the dude whose job it is to like, control the quality of Raw, to save the future of pro wrestling on like a mainstream level. And he is on TV saying, hey, guy, we paid millions of dollars for. Like, guess what? You're going to lose to me because I'm more important than you. Mm-hmm. It's the same horseshit that we've hated him for on the internet for a decade, and it became so passe to say I hate Triple H that if you say anything bad about him now, you're an internet guy. And it's bullshit. He's terrible. He is counterproductive. That's the number one thing about Triple H that people need to know is that he's counterproductive. Whether you like his wrestling or not, whether you like his character or not, whether you like his bullshit catchphrases or his dick jokes or his weird, like, friends in jeans and no shirts, it's fine. But he is counterproductive. He does not contribute positively to the wrestling industry whatsoever. If he does shit backstage, that's cool. But Triple H, the character as presented on television, is a total waste of fucking time. I, I don't know. I think him uh, kicking Wade Barrett in the dick was super, super productive and very important to the show. <laughs> yeah, look how great Wade Barrett's been doing since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, he wasn't doing too great before then. <laughs> <laughs> or ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, over there. <laughs> hiccups. I'm sorry to the well, listeners. Well, Lunchbox is getting the late night hiccups, so we better wrap it up. So uh, I've what- been drinking since we started. I got drinking hic- hiccups. <laughs> That explains so much. So, guys, what did you learn from wrestling this week? WrestleFan and chat room, uh, uh, pitch in as well. Uh, I learned from wrestling this week. I have to. Uh, I do have to apologize to Riz for something. Oh. I, I I get the great Kali now. Oh yeah. I love it. It was Tim. It was the Tim on SmackDown in his Rey Mysterio mask in disguise. Oh, I need to going see this. going Budica Budica six one nine and. And and him taking off the mask and telling an Italian, it's me, baby. Like <laughs> I, I want him to have a sitcom so badly. I would watch that I would watch that ten times more than Total Divas or whatever the hell they're doing. Saying yes, fuck yes in the chat room, by the way. <laughs> Bob Lunchbox, what'd you learn from wrestling this week? Um, I learned that um how did I learn learn this? I watched Raw all of it except for the last segment. I watched it with Lady Lunchbox while being on Twitter. I remember more about Dolph Ziggler's tweets than I do about Raw. It's a so new I way. learned that Dolph Ziggler is more entertaining than Raw. It's a new way to watch TV. It's a plug-in drug. <laughs> awesome. That's Brand, what I learned. Brand Stroud, what did you learn from wrestling this week? Uh, I learned that when John Cena has a hurt ankle, uh, he's still a better wrestler than all three members of the Shield at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so does that mean they're not undefeated anymore? Uh, they could pull some bullshit. It was a no contest thing. Yeah. Or they could say, oh, they were just DQ'd, so they've yeah. never been pinned. They've been disqualified before for, for stuff like that. But never as a team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. But it wasn't a team because it was an elimination match. So it wasn't really it was a team match. totally a team, it was though. elimination <laughs> team match. You shouldn't loophole it. So... <laughs> awesome. Wrestling is loopholes, guys. That's the only thing that keeps us alive, okay? Wrestling is loopholes. Um, that's my new promotion that I'm going to be running in Texas with Mike Quackenbush. Wrestling is loopholes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Just bring in Jervis Cottonbell. It'll be, it'll be amazing. I, I need okay. a Jervis Cottonbell. Okay. Um, all right. That learned from uh, – hold on. Second chat. Oh, sure. Riz learned that uh, plugging the app – on air is stupid. What the hell? He's plugging the app, apparently, in the chat room. I it's met- not stupid. It's a new way to watch television. It's a, it's a new way to watch the <laughs> podcast. Uh, Bobby learned something that's a giant paragraph. Uh, he learned that three of a kind is not fuck. a measurement for chicken. It's a measurement for poker. <laughs> also, when will WWE... Lo- that's a reference to the Popeyes commercial. Yes. Also, when Popeyes will WWE... There we go. Also, <laughs> when will WWE learn that you have to change the outcome of a match every once in a while and not have Randy fucking Orton defeating the same wrestler who is better than him every week? Yeah, that's something yeah. I learned. I don't need to watch the other shows because apparently the same match has happened. What's funny is that WWE, uh, or I guess Dirt Sheets, keep posting those rumors about how everyone in the front office thinks Antonio Cesaro is boring. Guess what? The only time you ever get to see him wrestle is against Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could put fucking Kikutaro in a match with Randy Orton 75 weeks in a row and he would be boring. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, Kikutaro. <laughs> yeah. So, Kikutaro versus Randy Orton is something I really want to see now, though. Kikutaro just being like, okay, okay, and then walking over to the ropes and, like, putting his leg up on it because he knows the DDT is coming. <laughs> I learned that uh, maybe maybe the Hall of Fame shouldn't be in front of so many wrestling fans. Uh, I got the WrestleMania 29 DVD today, and of course I popped it in about, you know, a little bit into the Hall of Fame, I, uh, you know, a little bit of time I had, uh, and I saw the Trish Stratus one. Where they start, he starts talking. She starts talking about about his about her husband, and and they start booing. It, it got bad. It got bad. I'm surprised they left it in the DVD. <laughs> Did you uh, watch the Bob Backlund induction when uh, Maria Menounos gets it? No, no, no. I'm not that far yet. Although it's weird because I just like you know stuck it in hit play because I have a DVD player without like a, a remote, so I can only hit the play button uh, and, <laughs> and hope and hope that they they set the menu up correctly. Um, there's some old indie DVDs. I just can only watch one match on that. So, uh, <laughs> but it was weird because like they started it with Jerry Lawler referencing like as if McFoley was just on stage. So I'm not uh, understanding how they ended it. So and they definitely left everything in there. Like like the Trish Stratus one like kind of went on for a while, you know. Uh so that that's nice and that's completely worth the purchase to me, uh, right off the bat. So um so yeah. Uh with that guys, uh oh knows it froze up on WrestleFan. Uh-oh. Oh knows. Oh knows. Uh let's oh, get it on mission no. much more. Uh so guys, this has been the Wrestling Mayhem Show. Check us out, WrestlingMayhemShow.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker Blip TV, Roku, and YouTube. Uh drop us a line at Good Times. Good times at wrestling Louisiana mayhem show. Fast. No, that's the wrong thing. That's that's the wrong <laughs> Louisiana thing. Fast. No, no, no. Keeping your head above water. Buy the app WMS Gold on your iOS app store or Amazon app store. It's a new way to watch podcasts and listen to them and be interrupted and not listen to our advertisers. We don't have it. I'm sorry. Um, with that, uh, hey, thanks, Mr. Brandon Stroud, at Mr. Brandon Stroud, with leather.com, meetmemovie.com. Did I get that right? No, meetmemovie.com. Meet me there movie. movie. I missed the word. Dot com. Go check out everything uh, in his uh, uh, empire of entertainment goodness. 
He's pointing yeah. at his, he's pointing at his stuff. <laughs> the audio people. So I get to do that so many times. Thank you for joining us. It was a blast. You're welcome back anytime, sir. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, and, of course, Papa Lunchbox, wrestle fan, representing the Texas and the PAs between us. This has been your Wrestling Mayhem Show. See you next week. Mayhem out. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Wait for the perfect time. Get your time.